the Alabama Crops Report podcast, your trusted information source for Alabama agriculture. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to the Alabama Crops Report podcast. I'm Scott Graham, an extension entomologist. And I'm Caitlin Kassheimer, extension entomologist. We're excited to be releasing regularly scheduled podcast episodes with up-to-date information about Alabama crops throughout the year. You'll be hearing from extension personnel from all over the state with the latest research and management recommendations. Caitlin, how are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, getting ready for planting season. So there's a lot of movement and activity and information to be shared. So glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, ready to start getting going. So, you know, thinking about it's time to start planting. We thought we'd do an episode uh, today on, on corn and, and talking about some uh, burn down options and, and weed management, trying to go into a, a weed free field. And then also we'll talk about insects a little bit later. But first, we're going to visit with uh, Dr. David Russell, our uh, new uh, I'll just call him our corn uh, weed specialist, but he's got a lot more responsibilities than that. And we'll kind of let David introduce himself. David, how you doing today? Doing good, Scott. Glad to be with you. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of, you know, how you got here and, and what your responsibilities are with, with ACES and, and how you try to help growers across Alabama. Yeah, sure. So I'm the extension weed specialist. My responsibilities include corn, soybeans, small grains, uh, forages, and non-crops. Uh, my background is more so in weed management and forages, where I spent the majority of my time, uh, about five or six years at Mississippi State as an extension associate, where we primarily focused on forage, pasture, and non-crops. Uh, I began here with ACES and Auburn University in July of 19 uh, with these new responsibilities. So I feel like I'm the odd man out here since I'm not from Mississippi State at some point in my career with both of you guys. <laughs> but yeah, we're glad to have you here both on the show and here at Auburn, David. So we're talking about pre-plant burn down considerations ahead of corn primarily. And so what are some of the most common or troublesome weeds that growers may encounter ahead of planting? Really, what makes your phone ring that gives growers headaches this time of year? Yeah, so when we think about the timing of corn planting, we're obviously dealing with a lot of our cool season uh, annual and perennial weeds. I think annual ryegrass or Italian ryegrass probably tops that list as being the most problematic. But when we think of just overall cool season weeds that we're dealing with from about the fall of the year all the way through this time, you know, it's it's things like the broadleafs, uh, you know, henbit and the chickweeds and the common groundsel that are germinating in the fall of the year. And then you have the group of grasses that uh, include annual ryegrass, the, the annual blue, blue grasses, uh, henbit, you know, and, and many others. But I think, again, what becomes most problematic this time of year and what I hear uh, the majority of the questions on are the, the annual ryegrasses. So I why, why do you think that is, David? Is that partially, and again, I'm, I'm just a just a lowly entomologist, so I don't understand all your weed stuff, but is this because, you know, when we're thinking corn, we're trying to kill a grass and plant a grass in the same field. I know there's some resistance uh, across, you know, a lot of the country with annual ryegrass. What, what's kind of causing those issues? You know, across the board, in general, weed management and all the crop responsibilities that I have, primarily the small grains, corn, and forages. We're dealing with grass crops, and that's probably the most difficult part of my job is removing the grassy weeds from a grass crop. 
And we, when we rely on herbicides, there's just not a lot of selective options that will take one and remove it from the other. So in, in regard to annual ryegrass, you know, I think that's one that uh, it's a prolific seed producer. Uh, it has really high growth rates starting in the fall of the year, depending on environmental conditions. Um, and when it really gets going, especially this time of year, if it has established in the fall, because it uh, grows really fast, it has the ability to either uh, metabolize or uh, sequester many of the herbicides that we apply on it. You know, and if it escapes the herbicide application, it has the ability to, to then hybridize within a population and, and then develop naturalized population. Um, and a lot of times what we've seen over the years uh, in the history of herbicide resistance on this particular species, uh, that genetic makeup changes for whatever reason um, so that whenever it creates a new population, it's, it's then sort of mutated into a new hybrid crop. And so it's resistant against whatever we've thrown at it in the past. Well, yeah, there's anything you weed scientists are good at is causing a resistance issue. <laughs> well, yeah, entomologists uh, take no responsibility for any resistance. <laughs> All weed scientists. That's right. That's right. Well, there's not a lot of new chemistry coming out. Uh, it's been several years since we've seen anything new. And so we, uh, we try to emphasize uh, proper stewardship and integrated pest management. And I know, Caitlin, that crosses over into your world as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I know I, I preach the importance of, of burn down and, and Scott as well. So what are some common spring burn down options for producers, given the, the slew of weeds that you just mentioned and issues we see? Yeah, so, so since a lot of these cool season weeds really began uh, getting established and, and, and germinating in the fall, uh, I would say, for the most part, we encourage growers to start that uh, weed management process at that time because, again, no matter what crop we're dealing with, uh, when it comes to weed management and the use of herbicides, we typically want to tell producers to catch those weeds when they're small and actively growing. And a lot of times in the fall, that's when we can find them, when they're small, when the weather conditions are, are more favorable. You know, thinking back to the, the winter of 19 and, and 20, uh, we were so wet, we had record rainfalls across the Southeast. And there were a lot of situations where producers could not get into the field in the fall to do their timely burn downs or in areas where they could conduct tillage, it just wasn't possible due to weather conditions. Uh, this and, and that year, you know, when we think back to that last winter, um, for that reason, we saw huge explosions of problematic weeds like annual ryegrasses taken off that spring, uh, which prevented a lot of, of early planting. And so, so that's when I would encourage growers to start is the fall of the year. Um, it depends on the planting situation. Uh, you know, if you're in the south part of Alabama or uh, more flat ground in areas where we see conventional tillage, tillage is obviously an option. But here in the north, we see a lot of no-till or reduced till ground. And so that's really out of the equation. And so going back to the fall with burn down, you know, that includes things like just Gramoxone or uh, Roundup. 
and maybe even if we want clean fields throughout the winter months, maybe including some dual with that to prevent any weed emergence like annual ryegrass. And so that would give us a clean field throughout the winter months. But, you know, that's not a blanket application for all acres. Obviously, in highly erodible areas, we want some cover. We want that residue to remain on that ground just to prevent the erosion. But those are, are the two or three there. And I'd say specifically for annual ryegrass, we're really only down to about two or three. And that's, again, with Roundup and Gramoxone uh, and then maybe even Select Max. Uh, or or uh, section section three, which is clethodem. Uh, there is resistant populations out there of uh, round of glyphosate resistant annual ryegrass. There's also some clethodem clethodem resistance. So we we need to steward that properly. So what are you looking at? Uh, you know, if I did a, a decent job of burn down in the fall, not a great job, not a bad job. Uh, which you may say, if there's one weed, you know that that might be a bad job for management resistance. Uh, but but for our our producers who are getting ready now, you know we're at that point of the year where I'm starting to see a lot of pictures of uh, temperature gauges in the dirt. We're looking at getting ready to hit that where we need to start putting corn seed in the ground. What what are we doing right now to try to get ready to plant our corn crop this year? Yeah, so the temperatures are are getting close. I know we. Uh, looked at some probes last week and we were already in the low 50s, low to mid 50s. Uh, but I would say on most acres here in north part of Alabama that haven't been planted yet, they're going out with Roundup or Gramoxone and either of those can be tank mixed with Sharpen. So Sharpen is, is a relatively new herbicide that's going out on a lot of acres that's really good on a lot of our broadleaves. And it's a good tank mix, tank mix partner with both Gramoxone and Sharpen. And so that does a really good uh, job on the burn down, just general burn down. When it comes to annual ryegrass that maybe we've missed in the fall that's really getting its feet under it and starting to really increase its growth right now with ideal weather conditions, uh, they become a little bit more difficult to control. Uh, and so assuming we do not have glyphosate resistance, then we rely on obviously the Roundup applications and, um, you know, Sharpen can be added in there to kind of heat that up, especially on some of the broad leaves. But the clethodem is really our go-to, but we need to uh, consider the plant back restrictions on clethodem. So what can growers expect in terms of weed control or weeds in their fields if they miss this burn down opportunity or they just don't take care of their weeds for they can't get in the field or there is resistance issues kind of what are they in for yeah that's a good question so again i, I hate to harp on the annual ryegrass but it really does uh, top the list when it comes to problematic weeds so there's been a good body of research that has been developed here in the last few years, um, especially out of the Delta regions of, of Mississippi and West Tennessee, where they have those resistant cases. A lot of that research has shown that about there's about one to two bushel decrease in, in corn yield per day, actually, if burn down doesn't occur within about three to four weeks ahead of planting. So in other words, if ryegrass is left alone to continue growing, if that burn down is not successful within three to four weeks, uh, you know, there is a, a yield decrease. And I think the reasons there are kind of twofold. 
annual ryegrass does have some allelopathic effects, and that just simply means it's a built-in defense mechanism that some of these weeds have to prevent other plants from growing around it. And then you have the competition effect. So a, a comment on a question following up on that, David. Uh, the comment is, the entomologists are very happy to hear somebody else say <laughs> we want to, you know, three to four weeks prior to planting. The, the question is, are, are you saying to make your burn down application three to four weeks prior to planting, or we want those weeds dead three to four weeks prior to planting? We really want those weeds dead uh, three to four weeks prior to planting. And here I'm specifically talking about the annual ryegrass because it is such a fierce competitor in, in corn. You know, gramoxone or paraquat can go out three to four weeks ahead of planting by itself. And if that ryegrass is six to eight inches already, you can expect that it will still try to regrow. And so therefore, a lot of those programs recommend that you come back with a second shot about 10 to 14 days after that first one, uh, just to kind of knock it on out. All right. Well, David, we appreciate your time. And before we let you go, I don't think we can get away without uh, dropping the D word, talking to a, a weed scientist. So do you have any dicamba trainings and things coming up, you know, across the state in the next couple of weeks that folks should be thinking about or? Yeah, the oxen training is ongoing uh, with my counterpart, Steve Lee. He's, uh, I have to give him credit. He's kind of the one headed that up, that's headed that up. And um, I would encourage growers who haven't already signed up to go to our website and find a list of uh, dates there. Uh, this year is a little bit different where we have virtual trainings. And so you can click on an online link and listen to a Zoom training there and take a little quiz at the end and get your certificate. Um, alternatively, uh, I would check with your local offices to see if any of your regional agents or county coordinators are organizing in-person meetings uh, to a smaller scale. Uh, in those cases, you know, small groups are meeting to have sort of like a watch party where several folks can gather to take a quiz at the end and get that certification. All right. Well, Dr. David Russell, we appreciate your time today. Uh, I'm sure if anybody's ever got any uh, questions or follow-ups, he's more than happy to talk about it. So uh, please let him know. David, thank you very much. Thanks, thank David. You. All right. Well, that ends our time today with David. Thanks so much for joining us and talking about proactive weed management control in corn. Check us out on aces.com. We have our Alabama Crops Report newsletter and you can listen to Alabama Crops Report podcasts wherever you find podcasts. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. The Alabama Crops Report is a production of the Alabama Cooperative Extension System.